Section 24 of the Old Broadbrim into the Heart of Australia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Old Broadbrim into the Heart of Australia by St. George Henry Rathborn The Quaker's Trumps Win Sharp and clear was the report of Beldemona's revolver. The three horses in the street stopped, and one of the riders pitched forward, but did not fall to the ground. With a cry that welled from the depths of her heart, the woman in the alley stood as one transfixed with horror. The wrong man, she exclaimed. In another moment, a horseman dashed into the alley, and the queen of the ranch, with smoking revolver in her hand, stood undecided. You, I thought so, said a voice, as a man leaned over the saddle and clutched her arm. There was no answer, but with a quick recoil, Beldemona broke from the hand and started back not yet she said and then a figure flew down the alley and distanced the horseman to escape in a small doorway some distance from the scene old broadbim who was the horseman turned back and looked into the white face of merle for once in her life at least her hand had trembled and Beldemona, instead of finishing the career of the Yankee, had sent a bullet through Merle's shoulder. Old Broadbrim and Dick Waters, whom we left with their captive on the way from Round Robin Ranch, had been overtaken by the men of the bush, eager to capture their master. The Quaker detective had met them with his accustomed coolness, and he and Dick had heroically faced the band. Broadbrim was not to be baffled even in Australia, and with a pistol at Merrill's head, he coolly informed the guardsmen that if they attempted to enforce their demand, he would send a bullet to the murderer's brain. It was a parley with ready weapons in the open, and the ashen face of Merle looked pitiful while it lasted. In the early flush of dawn, his fate trembled in the balance, and when the detective rolled on, he, Merle, cast a longing look at the horseman moving back. Old Broadbrim conducted his prisoner to the headquarters of the Perth police and there presented the papers he had brought from America. Merle looked coolly on. His wound had been dressed and he was silent while he listened to the detective. But suddenly his eye caught the old-time fire and he thought of Belle de Mona. She did not intend to shoot him. No, it was a mistake, and he felt that while she lived and was on the alert in the little town, the detective and his new-found friend stood a good chance of failing. It was found that on the next day a vessel would leave the port for Melbourne, 
an old broad beam determined to take his prisoner on board and await the sailing meantime the authorities of perth scoured the town for the ranch queen she was not to be found and no one thought of searching meg's domicile some thought she had gone back to the ranch but broadbrim was equally certain that he had not seen the last of the cool-headed creature nor had he the little vessel rocking lightly in the bay of perth was ready for the voyage of the morrow and old broadbrim stood on the deck with the lights of the town before him the night was a beautiful one and he knew that the arrest of merle mcrae had stirred up the rough populace and that it was the talk in saloon and dance hall all over the port suddenly there came into view a dark straggling object which grew larger as it approached and the detective leaned over the vessel's side and waited the swallow was moored close to the dock and as she was a vessel of a few tons burden for she was a coaster she was at the mercy of almost any mob however small the quaker detective's face grew sterner as he looked and watched the crowd of australians as it came on silently but with determined mien it did not take him long to know what had happened the yankee spotter was not to be permitted to get away with his prey if the men of perth could prevent old robin doubted not that the police of the town stood in with merle's friends and they hated the american detective most cordially behind it all stood belle de mona and her almost unlimited wealth presently the mob made a rush for the dock and the detective as yet the only one on the deck the greater part of the coaster's crew were in town and the hour was most opportune for an attack at the sound of his voice the crowd halted and for a moment seemed on the eve of a retreat but the following minute a voice which the detective had heard before sang out and urged them on beldemona was at the head of the party the mob rushed to the very edge of the pier but by this time several figures had reached old robrin's side and the captain of the little coaster with his mates all determined men who had faced mobs before stood on deck with repeating rifles in their hands it was a moment of suspense and more than one life hung in the balance are you cowards men cried the wretch queen shall a yankee spotter kidnap from under your very eyes the captain of ranch robin shall the man called riggs but who is a new york shadow take from among us to be hanged for the imaginary crime merle mcrae the open-hearted brave merle my friend and yours a chorus of no's was the answer but the men on the swallow's deck only looked at each other and smiled defiance the menace of rifle and revolver was too much for the mob 
it was not quite drunk enough to rush to death and at the suggestion of one of its number the rest adjoined to the wine shops once more the woman's figure remained on the dock Beldemona's form was seen in the starlight as she faced the detective i missed you this morning she exclaimed her voice having the old-time silvery ring i fired at your heart josiah broadbin but your horse saved it now i have you at my mercy she finished by throwing up her hand and the detective looked again into the muzzle of the deadly revolver this time her hand did not quiver the men of the vessel seemed to lose nerve at the danger that threatened the men from across the sea it is my time barrett said bell demona this is the end of your trail and the sun of australia will shine on your defeat there followed a flash and a report but not from the six-shooter in the hand of bell demona the fair-faced witch of two worlds threw up her hands and reeled away as the pistol dropped from her grasp shot retribution said the captain of the coaster but look the avenger is one of her own sex was the repose as all saw a figure run to beldemona's side and stoop over her star eyes and with the word on his lips old broadbin bounded over the ship's side and dashed forward i have found her i told you i would some day settle with the queen of the ranch said the young girl who encountered the detective's gaze from the side of the prostate woman don't say that star eyes forgets merle is yours but this woman this creature who sent him across the sea and who would have seen me starve who would have burned me in the sheep sheds she belongs to star eyes beldemona was not dead nor was she likely to cross the bar from star eyes weapon the girl was led away and the queen of the ranch was afterward found by meg her friend who took her home long before daylight and before the mob could again muster its motley spirits the little swallow spread her wings and once more stood out to sea and when merle looked out upon the water he realized that the first stages of the journey back to doom had begun as for belle domona that same day she rode homeward but in her wake was the same implacable shadow destined in time to settle the old score forever there was a wait of a week in melbourne but at the end of that time old broadman and his prisoner accompanied by dick waters stepped on board a united states man-of-war and the sea trail stretched once more toward the new world one bright morning while clippers were in the act of opening his little house near the famous alley in new york a footfall greeted his ear and the next moment he fell back with a cry of astonishment old broadbent stood before him back 
cried Clippers. I'd given you up, and Hargraves and Irwin are still at fault. They declare that the mystery of Fifth Avenue is as dark as ever, and no one can throw any light upon the death of Jason Marrow. Wait, Clippers, smiled the detective. Wait till you see Merle, the murderer. What? Did you find him? What did I start out to do, Clippers, my boy? I see, I see. You are back with the man who killed the two that night, the strangler of the millionaire and the recluse. Mr. Broadbrim, you are invincible. That same day, the Quaker stood face to face with a young girl whose eyes sparkled with delight, and when he placed his hand on a four-leaf clover, she could not keep back her enthusiasm. It brought you luck, Mr. Broadbrim, cried Nora Doone. I knew when I placed it in your keeping that it would make certain your triumph and at the same time become your protector. You kept it through thick and thin. Through the perils of land and sea, Miss Nora, in the midst of London, it was my talesman, in the heart of the Atlantic, and even the shadow of death in the Australian bush. The law dealt terribly, but justly, with Merle McRae. Weeks and even months had elapsed since the double murder of the night of the 12th of April. But from across the ocean, whether he had tracked his man with the persistence of the bloodhound, old Broadbim handed him over to the mercies of the noose. Both the detective and Dick Waters were rewarded by Foster Kipp, who soon afterward became Nora's husband, and the young Briton remained in America. As for Belle de Mona, she found her ranch plundered when she returned, and rather than remain in the shadow of desolation, she fled from the avenging hand of star eyes and never again set foot within the boundaries of Ranch Robin. A year later, she was found dead in one of the darkest districts of London, and the young girl who was seen in her shadow a few moments before she was arrested and discharged. No one followed her, and no one saw Star Eye step from a vessel in the Bay of Perth a few weeks later with the secret of the end of the ranch queen's life known only to her and deity. Danny of Melbourne was discharged after the arrest of Merle, and he went back to his den with the broken stairs. Old Robin was received in New York with profuse congratulations, but he took all with his usual modesty feeling that he had kept his promise with Nora to find the murderer of Custer Kip, even though he were compelled to track him around the world. He had virtually done so, for he had caught him in the bush and under guard, had brought him back across the ocean to expate his terrible crimes within a few blocks of the spot where he had perpetrated them. 
It's just like Joshua Broadbrin, said Clippers, in an outburst of enthusiasm. He always gets his game, no matter where it hides, nor how long the trail is. Old Broadbrin is as certain as death and taxes. You can bank on that. End of section 24. End of Old Broadbin into the heart of Australia, or A Strange Bargain and Its Consequences, by St. George Henry Rathbourne.